Good morning and welcome to episode 100, part 2 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and if you haven't listened to part 1 of this interview, definitely go back and check that out. Part one was where we talked about Aaron's childhood and his journey to the creative field. He tells us some stories as well that he doesn't really talk about. His very, very first job before he started getting into you know, graphic design for snowboard magazines and that's when it started to take off for him. But he tells us about his very first design job and it's not that glamorous. He tells that story part one. So definitely go back and check that out. That's when leads into this part two. Part two here, we get into some of the client stories, the the rough times he's had with clients, the challenges he's faced in his career, and also projects that he's the most proud to be a part of and why. It's awesome. I love hearing his stories. He gets right into them. So let's get to it. Go back, check out part one if you haven't done that yet, and then come over here. But here we go anyways. Part two of my interview with Mr. Aaron Draplin. Here we go. So I want to ask you a little bit about print design, because through your Instagram, I've seen a fair amount of print in your feed, which I really dig. I'm a print guy at heart. I have a huge cool. passion for printing. Um, I want to know how or ask you how you've been utilizing print in your design career um, and your maybe some recent interactions you've had with print and what you liked about it. Well, I miss it. I can tell you that much. Um, you know how I used it. Well, I used it to pay pay my house off. I made magazines for years and um, snowboarding magazines, and of course catalogs for these different snowboarding brands and headwear brands and um, um, things and stuff. And I know my way around the grid. You know, I, I will say probably unfairly, but um, listen, with having people looking at you, first of all, there's no written. Set of privileges that says, you know, say, wow, man, it's a set of privileges just to have people look at your shit. And then, how dare I think that everyone's going to like it? Every now and again, there's some, you know, pecker wood that, you know, just has to come after me and say, that guy's a one trick pony that drap and talks a lot. He's whatever. He's got a face of a pit bull, blah, blah, blah. Oh, he's big. Let's go after him for that. Oh, that's real. That's real creative. But when they come after me for my type chops, I start getting pissed, right? Because mm-hmm. He hasn't seen my book that respects some of those principles. He, there's no way that little puke, you know, who's just pissed off that my poster might be out selling his. And by the way, that's going to change at some point, buddy. And then you can sell more posters and whatever, however it goes. But he, he's never seen all the years of me toiling over, learning from, learning from. A friend and I were just talking about this the other day. My buddy works at a snowboarding magazine, and when I went and worked at these snowboarding magazines, I got to bring all this sort of print design hoo-ha I had just learned in college Mm -hmm. to dumbass snowboarding. And there were things like this. 
Do not make a paragraph that's over 54 characters. Do not hang a two or an an, an or an a. That's a, called a widow. You don't, you know, that that looks hard to read. It's hard to connect to the next thing. You got you to gotta read the shit and, and adjust it. That's called a river. The way these texts, you know, all those words are weird. Have the kid rewrite one sentence and it, it looks better. You know, these are tiny little things to adjust. Well, that's no different than what someone used to do, putting simple type med- metal pieces next to each other and typesetting the type, typesetting type, you know, right? Mm-hmm. And actually have to manually touch it and kern it and look at it. And there was something special about how beautiful those things worked back then because crude, yes. But when I was working on print, I had this great appreciation who the predecessors who kind of get, set us all up and knowing what they went through and then how easy it was for me to do it. And then I better have a little bit of respect for some of the principles. So I used to think about that shit and sure, apply it to dumbass snowboarding or whatever it was. But man, some of our mags looked really nice, you know, and they worked. And it wasn't just about flash and like extreme sports or whatever the fuck that meant. It was more about like just, well, legibility, systems, and then being able to process the thing and enjoy the photo instead of competing with the photo. You you can almost say function. Yeah, function. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I was looking, I wasn't looking at other snowboarding magazines. I was looking at Wallpaper Magazine. Mm-hmm. I was looking at, you know, when Monocle came out. Beautiful. I was looking at Idea Magazine. But beyond that, I was going and looking at corporate manuals to see how they used to, you know, handle these large scale projects for big airlines and shit. Because mm-hmm. listen, here comes the C word. Here it comes, everybody. Corporate weird man that shit's weird and it's a bad terrible name and kind of category now and it's creepy and you know corporate this corporate that but no that stuff was really inspiring to me because it was like how do you take this big thing and give it some order that's a design problem Mm -hmm. right and that's no different than when you sit down to a page i miss that aaron here are these 19 products and 19 price tags and 19 descriptions and you've only got you know, 11 spaces. All right, do it. I used to, I love that stuff because it's no different than building a website or, you know, building something with Legos and having to be efficient or something. Mm-hmm. I, I love mean, that challenge of bringing function to something that almost just seems disorderly. I miss it. I miss it. And in fact, mm-hmm. I have a thing here. I'm going to start showing on my little Instagram. And I appreciate the nice words that you said about, you know, my little, my little output, but I, I, um, I have a series of grid explorations where I take something either, you know, that piece of shit in the White House said, horrific, and I, I quit doing that because that stuff is just so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But I'll take some beautiful, you know, um, um, quote from a poet, and, and or, or I've been listening to a lot of Christopher Hitchens. It's very soothing to me, you know, these, you know, uh, empirical data. And how it can kind of beat back, you know, it's you know agnosticism versus atheism versus well, he calls it wishful thinking or just religion, you know, and you know, which suddenly when you start to tear it apart in a scientific, uh, empirical level, and I don't know if I'm even using the right words here, but it starts to become Easter bunnies and superstitions real quick, right, real quick. Mm-hmm. And I've been listening to this guy, and it's like, okay, he just said something very profound. I'm going to take that paragraph, and I'm going to build it into a grid. And I'm going to go do that just as an exercise. I've got a bunch of these things I've been playing with because I miss that stuff. I don't really get to make print anymore. Um, it's rare. You know, it's rare because, first of all, I'm not making magazines. I'm not making catalogs. Those are commercial vessels that I get a paycheck for and then I do it. 
Um, but I am right now doing um, like um, some kombucha, hard kombucha labels, yeah. and to go flex my, you know, flex my sort of type uh, muscles that I've, I'm proud to have. You know, I'm not the best, but I know my way around. You know, and I, who cares about who who the, who the best is on any front? It's more like I, I was taught some principles. I like to adhere to those things mm-hmm. and like to exhibit that. And that might be exactly what you see, hopefully. And, you know, me trying to be smart about how I write a post mm-hmm. and how, how I divvy up the paragraphs and put a little, you know, now I put a little like an icon or a link on emoji in, in, in there. And that is just to give you a break of how you read my little long, probably long, all overly long winded posts. But that was taught to me in typography because. Here's a big idea. Take a pause, let it break for a second, and here's a you know here's where it starts to start to parse that stuff out. That yeah. is how you use type, and I, I I love that stuff. So to answer your question, man, I, I don't get to do it much, but every now and again I get to make something for myself, or it's in the corner of a, one of the posters I made, you know, and you might see a little flash of some of that, you know? Um, So, so let me ask you this then. Does print hold a place in this online marketing world? Of course, of course, of course you can see, you can see who's doing it right. You can see when you go buy their product. I mean, first, first of all, someone makes a neat little, I don't know. What am I looking at? My little wallet and you go to their site and it's a shitty site and it's hard to read and it's hard to see the prices and it's hard to see what, why they made it. And there's hard to find the link. Fuck all that. When you see the one where you go see the wallet, and there's a little video to talk about how they made the wallet, and here's all the prices, and here's all the colors, and it works on your phone, it works on your thing, and it works. You know, that's design. That's design. Call yeah. it print, call it dig, call it whatever. No, no, no. It's information set up in a way, you know, that is easy to process. And then I buy a wallet, or I don't buy the wallet, and it, it did its job. I love that stuff. That's just getting the job done. Now. If the wallet's apeshit, let the wallet be apeshit. If the wallet is just a, you know, I got a little clean wallet here that, you know, my buddy's at Tanner Goods made in Portland. If that's here, then that's just a little clean Tanner wallet. Fine. You know, but the system allows for it to be crazy, lots of color, or monotone. You know, you know what I mean? Like the system. I, 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 I trust that more than trying to be this, you know, uh, case-by-case apeshit. That, that, that gets a little um, you know, schizophrenic or something. So, you know, when you're talking, you had mentioned Apple earlier when you were looking at the Apple packaging and, you know, even wallet packaging, if you order an online wallet from some e-commerce site, that packaging, that tangible printed experience is an extension of that brand. And that is a point where companies can do it wrong or do it right at this as well. You can have a great website, but if it arrives in a little Ziploc bag, you know, bubble envelope, your experience is less than maybe what you had online. Oh, you... You're seeing a lot of this right now. There is, you know, the bait and hook quality to marketing where I got bit by it. There was something on, and I'll never buy a fucking thing from these guys again, but there was something called Touch of Modern or something. And they, they understand the power of a beautiful photograph. Mm-hmm. And this little nail trimmer set. They had this little nail trimmer set. And I'm, I'm pulling it out of my shit right now. You hear me digging it out because it looked. So nice, so nice in this little, easily clickable thing. And it looked so nice. And it was like, whoa, that's a fair price. And it's this and it's that. And I'm going to get that. That looks pretty cool. And then when it shows up, it is a hunk of shit. Mm-hmm. And you can scrape the matte coating off with your fingernail. Because, yeah, they, I mean, if you don't touch it, they stay nice 
look cool and all soft touch and shit. But the moment you start to actually use the things, you know, that veneer, you know, starts flying off. You get these little paint chips and stuff. And I and I was taken by that. Mm-hmm. Like that hurts. That that now I know to be a bit cynical about, you know, these Yahoos who are gonna sell you a piece of shit and then you have to wait six to eight weeks to get it. And it shows up, it's junk. Now, now see, now, in that process, if it showed up and it was did its job, it was a fair price, came in nice packaging or a little bit of extra packaging, I'm on board forever, forever. Got me. With just those that little bit of consideration. But no, they took the cheap route or whatever you want to call it. They took the route that's kind of like, you know, it's a little bit of a sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. You can't really touch that thing like you could in a store, but that's what you're dealing with online. Sure, we're, we're rolling the dice. But I've had things show up that was like, oh, I don't know how to say it. Like, like oh, at first glance, I got rooked. But no, it actually worked. You know, I would hope that if someone buys a goofy little DDC product, that it gets to them safely. Yes, it's a fair price, and we don't, you know, we, we, we maybe muck it up with some creative copywriting, but we're not afraid to say this is a pencil that you write with, and that's all it is, you mm-hmm. know? And it's not, um, I don't know, I, I make fun of these things because, you know, but it, it becomes the same thing I'm making fun of. You know, when I call it a, you know, a lead writing apparatus or something, I'm just making <laughs> yeah. No, it's a fucking pencil. It's a fucking pencil. Just call it, no, I have a comb called, you know, the hair organizer. Well, that's because... I see people do that and are serious, and I want to make fun of it. But then I see people pick up my comb and they laugh. Well, they're good at this job. It's a yes. comb. It gets a reaction. But, like, but then you see people who like actually get behind that and they call their shit, you know, drinking chocolate or something. Oh Jesus, you know, because then they can charge four times the price, mm. you know. And it's not a it's not a fucking grilled cheese sandwich. It's a fresh fromage. I've seen that. That was that was fun. Some restaurant. Anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. Reel me back in. Reel me back in. Reel me back in here. I got a couple of questions, Aaron, that uh, are going to take you down part of your career where you probably made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I want to pull those stories out for the listeners. Um, But I'll turn this bus around in the end, and you'll end in a happy place. All right. Um, What's been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging, and how did you get through it? This podcast, because $10,000 for a half hour is not enough. Okay, no. <laughs> um, uh, let me think. Um, you know, i got to be careful. I don't want to you know, say anyone's. Uh, no need to name drop or throw anyone no, under the bus. But the, the thing is, it's not hard. Kids, can, you know, I, listen, I talk about something and kids go read my book, which talked about everything, you know, uh-huh. pretty much everything, you know, and, 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 and then they'll say, well, so that, when, when I heard you on a thing, you were actually talking about that guy, right? And it's like, ugh. but I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of something here. Of course, the classic stuff, you know, like a client opened up my PDF in Illustrator, went and started to tinker on the lines, changed the, the DNA and the feel and the craft because they could and what do you do you know it's like wait a second you just made it worse and you try to say that without hurting someone because you want to finish that project but i started to quickly learn like if you want to have like check it out you know it's like um i'm not to say it's like i had a comedian open his file 
change the stuff because he likes to tinker around. Like it's like me listening to his thing and writing him back and going, you know what? You could make this joke better by doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, I know better than to do that because that's his magic. It's his craft. Yep. You don't do that. And the thing is, is you know, I make this stuff to where they have instant ownership. Because I want them to have that. I want them to feel like they can tell me to go right, go left, go up and down. I'm working for them. This is not me placating some ego that I am going to make this for my portfolio. How irresponsible, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. This is me working for them. And then when I give them that, give them, that's a service. They're giving me a paycheck. They're giving me life. They're giving me uh, rent and things and whatever, and insurance bills and shit. They're giving me all that to, you know, to work with. And I provide them a service to where they feel comfortable. Well, this guy felt real comfortable, and then he didn't know what he was doing, and he fucked it up, and then it, it, to this day I can't look at it. you know. But he likes it, and that means that's like the 95-105 kind of thing. I either got really, really close, and I have to be okay with that. And yes, he took it over the goal line and kind of did a couple of tweaks and smeeks and bulls and shits and whatevers, and it sucks. And he likes it and he uses it to this day. So who am I to even, you know, it's like an audience of maybe just me and you talking about it that knows about it, you know? So that's even like the balance of you a designer understanding, maybe it's understanding that you do the designs for the customer as a service to them. And you might not love where it ends up in the end. It may not be the one that really warms your heart. But at the end it's, of the day, it's, it's theirs. It's about understanding the audience and understanding um, what that person wants in the end. I mean, but see, sometimes it just comes down to piss and matches. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, watch this. I can go do this too. I just had a guy do it uh, last last week. And, you know, with all due respect, it's like I wouldn't tell him how to run his, you know, his business. I, I wouldn't – her business. I wouldn't tell her. I, I wouldn't tell her that. I, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't. That's, a, that's too audacious. It's too it's, – it's not – it's it, I'm, I'm out of my lane or whatever the kids call. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, I gotta I, I gotta get my squad and my bay in order. I don't even know what I'm saying. But, you know, <laughs> I, I'm I'm fucking it's audacious. It's just it's audacious. It's just it's 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 not cool. And and um um he didn't see that the other way around. And he murdered a couple of designs. And I, what I had to do is I, like I'm getting the midwestern in me w- wouldn't just come out and say it. But I, on the phone with him, I mean, we were done. I just said, listen, man, that's not going to work. And I'll show you. But you're not paying me to show you now. You have to trust me. I showed you how it works. Mm-hmm. And here's how you need to think. So what happened out of that, because I was just firm, just in a gentle professional way, he sent me a list of stuff. And I'm going to make another six or seven grand knocking out letterheads, business cards, zip it does, power, power, you know, things and stuff and things and stuff and things and stuff. He's a sweet guy. He's he's you know, he's got he's got the he's got a really good eye for things, but he kind of murdered a couple pieces. It's like, don't do that. You know, I mm-hmm. what and why would you hire me in the first place to get you, you know what I mean? But that's just how this shit kind of goes. That's frustrating like anything. Like, you know, when my contractor was here and we was, he was building me the shop I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. And when we would come to an impasse because he knows me and he knows how I work because we've worked together in pieces. He would come back to me and say, help me solve this. And I would. I knew my place. I wouldn't go up to him and just say, you're doing it wrong because he's the, he's the guy who knows how to build the damn thing. Mm-hmm. You know I don't but how do you connect the walls? Well, I learned how you do it after watching them. But when we would have a creative impasse where you'd say, here's how I can solve this, he knew to come to me because it wasn't just about the drywall. It was more like, you know, he understood that, like, I'm going to make a decision because I have to look at it. Mm-hmm. It's not to hurt him. 
he leaves. He leaves this place at some point, and then I sit here and look at the you know the decision we're going to make. So that's no different with making a logo. That's what you get when you trust me to help you get there. This isn't just for my portfolio. I don't need to show that stuff. I'll show the bullshit that you see on my merch site. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people say to me, I hate the work that's in my portfolio. Then put some stuff in there that you want to make. Just make stuff. Just fucking do it. Like, who is even going to know? But you have to be responsible and say, here's where I got to work for the quickie. So mm-hmm. I did their logo and I did their things and I worked for this guy and here's what I worked on. Here's what I did. He directed me. And you have to be professional to show that paragraph to say, this is the real story. And then when you make your own podcast, and it's called the, the slowest. And then, you know, the slowy. Um, then you go and say, yeah, this is a personal project. Here's what I did because, you know, the people are grazing that stuff. They just want to see nice type. Mm-hmm. To see nice decisions. They want to see how you overlap the K over the E. And I've been watching it this whole time. That's a nice little move. That's a nice little move right there. Hey, that's a shout out to uh, Emily, my designer. You tell Emily to stay the fuck out of Portland, Oregon, man. Because <laughs> down here messing with <laughs> Emily, hello, youngster. Hello. Yeah, maybe maybe Emily's 50. I don't know. Maybe Emily's 22. But whatever the deal is, hello, Emily. Aaron Drappen here. And nice type. There you go. <laughs> well done. Um yeah, I feel your pain. A few clients have mentioned that where you know they do some work and they are in love with it and a client either requests an alteration that they just aren't feeling is right in their gut or a client just goes ahead and alters it themselves and you know dealing with that and trying navigating that situation. Well, 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 check it out. Just to be super clear, to redeem myself, this is like – here's the deal. If someone comes back to me in the 11th hour and you know we've got 12 hours to work on it and says, oh my god, can we change it back to this? That is on them. I will do it. I will do it. I will show them, here's why it is successful. Good job. Here's why it isn't successful. We probably shouldn't do that. But if you want to do it, do it. I am their instrument. They Mm -hmm. use me to do that and to test that. That's my job. But when someone just opens it and says, we're going with this, that's what I'm talking about. That's weird. Yeah, that's that's on the other side. That's a little bit different. And that's there's there's a weird crossing of the line. But you know what? I have to realize they hired me. I didn't go to them and tell them I could do this thing. They came to me, and I have to be gentle with that and professional. And if I want to cry my eyes out because, oh, they fucked up this nice piece, I'm going to put my portfolio. That's the wrong reason to be making this stuff. You're making it for a paycheck. You're not making it to, to win accolades or get some more likes or clicks or some shit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I don't really show a lot of client work on my stuff until I have their absolute supreme approval. You yes. know, then I show it only then and even until it's tested as in not, you know, oh, I just handed it off. Can I show? Of course they want to show it. I got a big ass Instagram with a bunch of people looking at it. But no, we got to let it, you know, have a little see bit. how it resonates with the audience. Let's just make sure this thing works like we like we built it to do. And then we get to show people wearing the shirts and enjoying the stuff and mm-hmm. things. Yeah, yeah. So, Aaron, do you have a story about a specific design or project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result? Um, no, because I'm really good at this stuff. No, let me. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, that's a really fun question because, of course, but I'm trying to think of like a you know a clever answer. I, whatever. I'm, I'm just trying to think of something that uh, could be a design that you know a presentation that just fell flat in the boardroom or. I mean, I have to say, we have been in a pretty lucky position, not just me, but some of my colleagues and some of my buddies and some of my whatevers, where, like, we haven't had to do a lot of pitches. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, where like, oh, we are competing against other people. Oh, sure. Listen, I've had a couple where like, and I quit doing them. But, you know, you get some hot shit agency turd, right? And you're going, we love what you do. We would love to work with you. Work on this. And then you do it for some pittance. And then you realize they've got six other Aaron Draplins fighting for the same job. That shit sucks. And I'm done with all that stuff. Because that was a younger person's game to, like, basically spec work. Fuck you guys. Um, but I used to do that. So I didn't know any better. I was It was exciting. And sometimes I won. And sometimes... Um, Here's the deal. In the end, I started to feel bad about it because if I won one or didn't win one and I knew the other guy, you know, someone would open up and say, oh, yeah, you beat out so-and-so. Like, don't tell me that. That guy's my, she's my friend, mm-hmm. you know? Or, wow, I didn't quite hit it, and now they're snickering at what I did. Well, fuck that. They, they just got a bunch of free you – know, when you started to work for Nike in Portland here and they paid you for, for your expiration, that was pretty interesting. You know, you got paid to give it a shot. If you didn't get it, you still were paid well, sometimes more than – you would have got paid for the other logos you worked on, mm-hmm. right? And that's an that's kind of a little bit more ethical, but that allows them to you know try a bunch of stuff. They have the money for it, um, but I'm, I don't know if something specific. I mean, there's been a number of things. I mean, I, I remember doing a, a logo for these guys up in somewhere in BC at a snowboard shop. Okay, and it's one that got away. It's like the best way to put it. But what it was was you know it was at this snowboard shop, and. I, they they came to me and said, "Dude, you're the dude. You're the one. You know, here's where, dude, fucking run. You just need to run, dude. No, dude. Okay, okay. So these guys come to me and say, oh, man, you know, hey, dude, you're the. We we love what you do. You just do whatever you want, dude. You know this kind of shit. You know you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Or you careful. You put your. You better be smart about how you navigate that. Because I I did." And I showed them why this logo was functional, why this thing had legs, why this thing would work not for one winter, but we're talking for 40 winters maybe. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that's not – they kept steering me towards just, you know, the things that people make jokes about. An X with some initials, you know, the things that people joke about and the memes that we all oh, ha, 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 we all laugh at this because, no, they're devices that work. And – the thing is, is what no, what they want is they want clever and they want hip and they want you know fashion forward and all this kind of stuff. But I would show them versions anyway. It doesn't it doesn't matter what I show them after a while because they're not going to pick it. They're just going to go pick something off the shelf. And I just probably should have done that. But in the end, I just told them I said, you know what? Here's your money back. You're going to need this more than I, I don't want your money because I can go. You you saw what I'm capable of. But if you didn't see it in the first two or three or maybe even four rounds, then fuck off. You know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't say that. No. It's like, you, you know, you, you, you're you never going to see it. If you didn't see what I did for you and did well for you right out of the gate because that's why you got – I don't know. You hired me or trusted me. You're never going to see it. You're never going to see it. And I, I just knew that. I just knew that. And I just jumped out, got away, and got back to work on other things and other stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lesson there. It's like this stuff just happens. It happens. It, it, it's it's not bad, you know. It's not, you know. It happens. Well, that's one that got away. And sometimes it's like that. You know, there's been other things that hurt, but I was also paid for my time. There's been other things. I guess a couple things, and I, I would never name this stuff. But there's been other things where, um, um, oh man, you know, like they got it. I thought I did a good job. And then their funding was pulled, and it just died. There's a there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. 
that. That that hurts in, in its own little way also, you know? Yep. Or the final one, which is just, there's been a couple, but I handed off what I thought was a really good solution, and in the end, they made a junk product. You see what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Yep. Just was like, oh shit, Drapo, didn't you didn't you go and promote that thing? And this thing kind of sucks. And it's like, oof, that's a that's a real tough one. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a tough one. You know, so you know some easier things. But I don't know. I, like there was one time where I had a big job for Mattel doing this um dum 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 packaging for um like they can't call them guns, they call them blasters, blasters, yeah. right? And I did a bunch of packaging, and something may or may not have come out of it. But in the end, I did all this work. I was paid well. And then they just couldn't call it a blaster because it was too dangerous. Or, you know, I mean, in, a, in, a, in a time where fucking assholes are shooting up America, mm-hmm. or what? You know, hort, just bad. We just need to melt all the guns down, all of them down. And fuck it, you know, and let them stay in the hands of professionals and law enforcement and not some hillbilly or some fucked up kid who, you know, pried it out of his dad's hands out of his, you know, gun cabinet or whatever, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's where I stand. That shit. But, you know, here I am making these big guns that promote, well, it's fun to shoot a little foam thing at you. You know, that thing kind of died and I was kind of like, maybe that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, for the most part, I work on stuff that, like, you know, people can kind of get behind, mm-hmm. you know. You almost end up with like a little bit of mixed feelings after something like that. That was one. I mean, I don't. You know, that, listen. You, every time I go to Target now and I see all their blasters, you know, it's fun to be eleven, nine years old, run around shooting things at each other. It's fun. Mm-hmm. But you know, as you get older, and you kind of go, well, hmm, you know, what does that promote or what does that mean or what is it? Does that desensitize? I don't know. You know, I don't know. But mm-hmm. you know, should I just take the money and run? Blah blah blah. You know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. You know I try yeah. to have. I try to have a little bit of a bone in my body where I kind of think. Maybe this isn't the best uh, play with my time, and I've I've said no to a lot of things and might have dodged some bullets, you know. There you go. Ooh, that sounds weird, you know. But yeah, yeah. Anyway. No, I hear what you're saying. You know, you dodged something that ended, would have ended up not being uh, in your best interest. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to answer your question, it's hard when they change it. That's weird. It's hard when it goes. But you know what? You got to be gracious. You have to understand that it could turn on a dime, and you got to be ready for that. Mm-hmm. And then it's your job to help them through it sometimes. So Aaron, what is something you're struggling with in your design career right now? Working too much, working too much. I I work too much, you know, uh, I say yes to too many things. You know, when I'm off this podcast with you, I'm going on another podcast with this guy called the fretboard journal. Nice. That's, that's nothing bad. I like talking to people, you know, I I went and checked you out. looks like, you know, it was quick. I got back to you pretty quick. Definitely. You know, there's a good spirit there. I'll do this stuff. But, um, um, I work too much, you know, and what it does is, you know, I went to a wedding last night and we were there from six o'clock until, I don't know, 11 o'clock or something. And it was beautiful people and happy people and nice and stuff. And I find myself sketching in my field notes while we're at the table, you know, and it's like, I can't wait to get home to get back in there and lay out this little patch design. Like, that's just kind of fucking weird, man. You know, I, it I isn't, it isn't though. Cause you know, you know what you love. I mean, I, I write, but the problem is, I mean, here's, I, I'm in the middle of a big job right now. And at the start of August, the start of August, it was a bit of a, I don't know what to call it. I, 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 I want to say, a, 
it's just a dilemma because like my buddy who helps me get the jobs and helps negotiate things and prices and timing and just watches over me, a little bit of a manager and a little bit of a, you know, helps me negotiate fees when I go speak and stuff. He just helps me, just helps me. That's something new for me because I've done it on my own all these years. But now I have a buddy who's a little bit more savvy with that stuff and he's helped me with that. And it's been pretty cool. He's got some really cool results. Well, at the start of August, a big job falls in our lap and he just has to say to me, didn't you say you wanted your August just to chill, play guitar? You're going on a vacation. You know, you're doing this. I actually went on a vacation. Good for um, you. You know, didn't you want your August, you know, to, to go see your mom? I, I go back to Michigan on, um, on, on, on Wednesday to go see my mom for a couple mm-hmm. of days. You know, and okay, cool. Didn't you want it? And he goes, you know what? Or you want this big job. What do you think? You know, and it was just kind of like, oh, shit. I wanted my August. And I, I still had my August, but I had an intense one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was sketching the whole time. I'm working the whole time. The first round was handed off a week ago. We just got the feedback for that. You know, whatever. And here's the thing. It came down to this kind of a coin flip. Like, listen, this is a big opportunity. Or you get your time. And you know which way I always go. Of course I take that. Because, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, not sure you want that money. But you want that challenge. And you want that, you know, like you're using your time well and you're earning while you can because at some at some point this will stop for me you know i get it and i have to be realistic about that shit mm-hmm. i pretend that i just get to act like a 45 year old the rest of my life no that will change at some point and then i'll hopefully have saved some shit and been smart about things and set myself up right mm-hmm. it's hard to say no it's hard to say no and i see how it affects my girlfriend and see how it affects my mom when she's out here see how I, I went home and in uh fuck what was it i don't know middle of june or start of july or something six weeks ago and i was home six weeks ago and i was busy as shit and i shouldn't have been i should have been able to just clear but no i took the carrot and i got ahead a little bit farther or paid off my my i haven't been in debt since 2011 so here's the thing it's like when I hear people say shit to me, like, well, don't you need more balance in your life, you know, or things like this? And it's like, like, first of all, first of all, balance did not pay my home off. Mm-hmm. You know what paid it off? Kind of grit and busting work ass. and busting ass and all that kind of stuff that we all kind of cringe and talk about. But the thing is, that's the truth. And it's weird, but that was the only way I could do it because I don't have a mom and dad I could go to and say, hey, pay my shit off for me. That That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. My sister couldn't do that for me. I mean, you know, but now it's in this weird position where it's like, you know, like that's what I have. It, this, it, it is not about creativity. It is not about, oh, this typeface is weird. I mean, do I have a hard time when kids rip me off every time? Because, you know, it's just lazy. you got to go make your own way. I had to. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, a couple times I got a little too close to something and I learned my lesson. But that's before the internet, you know. Mm-hmm. Now you see these kids just emulating. Fine, if you're 21 years old and in school, fine. But not the kid who's 33 years old who's tweeting like me, talking like me, swearing like me. He's never sworn his life, you know. <laughs> he's swearing like he's acting like And that's like, no, man. Hopefully it's just, it's it's a pile of shit to be an Aaron Draplin anyway. I mean, that's weird third-person talk. But no, that hopefully, you know, there's only one of those. And then hopefully there's only one, I don't know, like just within graphic design, you know, one, you know, John Contino and one uh, 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 Gemma O'Brien and one, and there is one mm-hmm. Jessica Hish. It's incredible. And you can't really, you know what I mean? And sure, there's going to be people who try to learn from her. 
that hurts, but I don't know. I mean, really, the first thing that comes to mind is like just managing my time and um, maybe not saying yes all the time. You know, so. definitely. Okay, I'm going to turn this bus around for you. I want you to tell me about the project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, the one that just makes your heart sing. Field notes, of course. It's awesome. I mean, of course. It, it's what I love about it is it's nine ninety five for the most part. Sometimes they're twelve ninety five, but at the very worst, fourteen ninety five for some awesome paper and fun, clever, you know, uh, uh, writing from these guys in Chicago. My friends, you know, Jim and the gang, and then you know some you know logos from Aaron Drappen or some thinking from Aaron Drappen, whatever they are, blah, blah 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 from all of us. You know, us. I'm really proud of that because you can have a nicely designed thing that works and it's a fair price. Mm-hmm. It's not going to the bank. And it's they're nine ninety five forever. I'm really proud of that because you know sometimes graphic design is only only for those who can afford it. And the same paper and the same ink is suddenly a hundred bucks for three of them. Well, fuck, I don't like that stuff. I don't like that. I don't like jeans that are seven hundred dollars. You can get mm-hmm. a pair of ones for I guess seventy. It's even hard to say that, but mm-hmm. you know, eight at the place I go. But fine. And then I've, I mean, I my pair of jeans I have in the house, I've had them. For seven years, and I that I don't need one pair. I don't wear jeans all the time. I mean, I rarely wear pants ever. But um, that I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the stamp I just did for America because a stamp is pretty unfuckwithable. That goes. Everyone needs a stamp, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes graphic design, like I said, is you're making cool shit that oh, you know. I mean, even like within like I love records, and sometimes the records are made so awesome and audio file this and extra packaging that that like i don't want to drop 200 bucks to get this copy of something shit like a stamp is something that everyone uses and needs and can afford and needs it needs it and uses it and i'm just it's a democratization of design and i got to work on one of those I'm and really it's proud. design that's incredibly accessible well yeah i mean everyone gets to enjoy that little piece of art or whatever that tribute to maya angelou or whatever it's going to be you know, or John Lennon, or whatever. You know, some Canadian stamps don't even get me going. I'm holding one right now. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, playing with stuff. Incredible. And that's art that, for the people. You know, really. That's you know, So is a customs form. You know, to bring it on back. I like that stuff. That's designed for just people who are just trying to get through their lives. And they don't necessarily recognize it, but it's right there and accessible. And for them. And that's, you know, I, I'm, pr- I'm so proud to have contributed to those couple things. Because like, my friend started a, a burger place in town here, mm-hmm. and it's called Super Deluxe, and it's delicious. And when you go there, it's like an in and out, and you're not spending more than seven or eight bucks for your meal. And it's like kind of it's nice stuff, but it's not eighteen dollars for the meal. It's eight bucks for the meal, seven fifty or six forty five or whatever the hell it is for a burger, fries, and a coke. Mm-hmm. It does not break the bank. And you know, I work for restaurants sometimes where you go to these places, and Here's the deal. When you go to Super Deluxe, there are guys, there are construction dudes sitting there eating, you know, their lunch because yep. they can afford it. And I'm so proud of that because they're not at these hot shit places we work at, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. kind of price them out of it. So I'm really proud to work on things that, you know, have nice design and a nice experience that everyone can be a part of. That's my favorite stuff. You had said um, stamp design. Uh, I know you're a busy man, but if you listen to episode 55 of the Quickie Podcast, I interview Matt Warburton from Vancouver here, and he did a stamp design for Canada Post that was a tribute to Canadian motorcycles. I will, I will, I will go give it a listen. You know, when I'm working this afternoon, man. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, of course. I mean, that's terrifying and awesome. 
And you know, to Mr. Warburton, hell yeah, you did it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's history. Too, you know, that's right. So I want to get into just a real quick question about some maybe some products and tools that you just couldn't live without. Um, can you tell us a couple of those? Yeah, I mean, in, in what respect? Like you know, like a, like a, like a, like a ratchet or like something, <laughs> something on, on the software kind of side of things. So the full question is: What is one design product, tool, website, or community that you just can't live without? So you take that as you want it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, definitely astute graphics. I use that stuff every day. Astute graphics. Get their plugins, little things to clean up points, and little things to connect tough pieces of geometry. Beautiful, elegant interfaces, and I don't know, they're sixty bucks. Get them astute graph. I don't I, listen. I don't. I don't work for those guys. I mean, there's been opportunities and things and stuff. I talk about them on my Skillshares, but here's the deal: when we're done podcasting today and all this other shit, I'll be using their products, and mm-hmm. the stuff is awesome. And I, I, I need it now. Another thing to think about is a little thing called Better Rename 9. I don't know why it's number 9. Maybe there's a 10 now. I don't know. But I've had Better Rename 9 on my machine for four years. It's a little app, and it is. I clicked it, and I'm going to go do the about and see if it tells you what what it says or whatever. But what it is, it's a little doodad to, like, quickly um, 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 uh, uh, rename file names and folders, like, globally, quick, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the the idea that you have, you know, in my – infinite you know dip shittery you have to touch the file hit return enter you know type in your thing make a little system and then go do that now you can do it and you parse it and say add this to this to this front replace this thing to this globally across this pile of folders so what you see is you know as shit comes off your camera or something right and it says img underscore one two six 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 right whatever mm-hmm. now you can go in there and say okay take the img and say Quickie podcast sound clips. And it plops it in there all nice, and you don't have any extra spaces. You put in a little underscore, and you can quickly number things, you know, based on the metadata. And it's it's impressive. It's impressive, you know. So th- it's that kind of shit where it's like, um, um, I don't, I'm, 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 I don't know how to say it. Um, I don't take the bait, you know, um, uh, too easily on a lot of that stuff. It's when someone has a little intervention with me and says, you are doing it wrong. You know, oh. um, um, uh, 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 why are you traveling with extra hard drives? You know, I had an intervention at Dropbox, at Dropbox. You know, and it was like, what is Dropbox? I didn't even know what, I mean, I knew what it kind of was. I heard the cloud was, this was six years ago. Now, after that day, they were like, no, here's the deal. We want to see how you work with this stuff. Here is 750. How big is your hard drive? 750 gigs. Here's 750 gigs. Put your entire world on the cloud. Now, my entire world is on the cloud, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's like, that is unfuckwithable. So I talk about that in my workshops, the efficiency of that now. Like, I know, you know, here's the deal. You go on the road, I'm on the road a lot. If I lose my, someone steals my laptop, my shit's intact, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I lost a couple of things that were sitting on the desktop that I couldn't quite, you know, uh, uh, parse into my Dropbox, or it was on the desktop, so it wasn't quite reading yet, or hasn't quite had a chance to upload. Well, that's just go. You lost a day. But you're like ninety nine percent there. Ninety nine point nine million percent is cut, is backed up, and that's the stuff. It's like I didn't even know until that day. So, as a product, just being on the damn cloud, 
being on the cloud, you know, and, you know, whatever, whatever cloud it is, trust that stuff, learn it, get, get the one that has the most elegant, yeah, beautiful interface and then work with that shit. Because now I rely on my Dropbox by the minute, mm-hmm. by the and I, you know, rip, I'm not sending these big, you know, dopey OFish files anymore. You know, no, I'm sending a 2K link. That is awesome. That is efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. So, you know, here's the thing. Left it to my own devices, I will make my own way and might not be the best way until a buddy pulls me inside and says, why the fuck are you driving downtown when you can just build a thing in your backyard? And, you know, and that just washes over me and like, you're allowed to build your studio in your backyard. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about right now, you know? Yeah. My commute is 10 steps. Not 40 minutes. I know Vancouver's fucked. I know it is. And so is Seattle. You can't afford it. So is Portland now. Well, I'm not ready to leave just yet. And instead of bitching about it, I love Portland. I love this air and I love this beauty out here and in the Northwest and, you know, all this. I love that, you know, that in a liberal bubble, blah, blah, blah. Well, um, I'm not ready to go. And I built a studio and I didn't even know you were allowed to do that. You know, so now I know. And that's, you know, there's weird little interventions you get where a guy says, go get better rename, not better rename nine. Because what it was, was my art, uh, my editor for my, when I made my book, it's my editor. And he said, get this because I see, you know, I'm over your shoulder watching how you're doing these things. And that's kind of a imperfect way to do it. It's problematic. You're going to screw up a file name. And I do it all. I would do it all the time. Now. Stuff comes in, it's a little unruly, couple clicks and a couple global zim zams and replaces and changes and categories and things and stuff. And um, and it's the job's done. And that thing was two ninety nine five years ago. I use it daily. Um, Aaron, you've reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question. This is where I wrap it all up. All right, this is your host, Dave. I'm just jumping in here. I had to record episode 100 before I had recorded episode 99. So the ask it forward question from episode 99, my guest Rebecca, um, was dealt with via email with Aaron after the fact. So I just wanted to read his response to that. So Rebecca Cohen's question from Co-Projects Design in episode 99 was to Aaron, do you think that technology is a net positive or a net negative for design and for humanity in general? And Aaron's response via email was, net positive. This little phone I'm typing this answer on has shaved time off my design process, allowing me more time to play and tinker. Communication and file management and stuff, that's good. But that's just a stinky little answer how it affects me relating to design. How it affects humanity? I'm not trying to be cynical answering this. I think we're wasting a lot of time just loafing on apps. That freaks me out. I try to watch how much I touch the damn thing. But you know what I like? I like how my mom can FaceTime us out west, or how she watched my nephew grow up that way. That's a good thing. Better than a phone call. You can always turn them off, you know? That's hard to remember considering how attached we all are to the stuff. I like it. I leave my phone in the corner of a table or something in my shop, and and it's lost. Fuck it. Leave it lost. All the shit on it will be there when I pick it back up. Funny how we can focus when when we're not staring at our phones. Thank you, Rebecca, for that great question. Thank you, Aaron, for getting back to us via email with that answer. Now I got a few more ask it forward questions I'm going to get to here. 
I've pulled some ask it forward questions from my guests uh, recently who have given you a shout out as their inspiration. So uh, the first one I have for you is from Jordan Kuhn from Brethren Design Co. And let me preface this question because I believe it's from the Breakfast Club where they talk about a bang bang and that's where you go to a restaurant, you get something to eat and immediately you go to another restaurant and get something else to eat. The bang bang. Aaron, what is your dream bang bang? I don't really even know what a bang bang is but you have to string together two, like I go to a burger place and I go to a pizza place, is that that what you mean? That's it man, you go... Restaurant eat know. some other restaurant eat. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, in Portland here, it's so easy to get frustrated because you have some fidget who won't let you not have onions on your salad or something, and there's like this weird entitlement of like, you don't like it, leave. You know, kind of shit that we run into here in bullshit Portland. Um, so I'm like a little frustrated with just restaurants. I don't know. I think I would rather my dream. I would rather just be with my mom and dad having, you know, like um, my mom's spaghetti dinner and then, um, you know, some of my dad, I don't even know, just, it doesn't matter what they, just being with them and having mm-hmm. dinner. That's the answer. I mean, yeah, but, you know, I mean, I've, I, in the last five months, we've made some changes. I've dropped some pounds. There's been some shit going down. And I would love to just go have a couple bagels like today. You know, I'd like to have a couple <laughs> bagels, but no, fuck Dave. Party's over, Dave. That's right. Okay. If you could get those bagels, what are you putting on that bagel? God, bacon, egg, and cheese all day long. All day long. Well, American, American cheese. The, a Pantone, about a 130 Pantone, I think is what it is. Yep. American cheese. Yeah. Oh, man. I, you know, on my birthday, my sweetheart, my little wildflower, Lee, you know, she uh, she'll make me. Two bagels with bacon, egg, and cheese, and they are fucking delicious. And that's my favorite. But you know what? What I've learned in the last six months, because I got my little secrets around town. You know, I go hit a little drive through here, a little something there, a little something there, whatever. I don't want a life where I can't have a bagel, but I can't have them three times a week. You know, that shit's done. For sure. Uh, The next uh, Ask It Forward is from our boy Dalton, uh, art director at Appel Design in Malibu there. And he wanted to know, what is your design album your go-to listen album um while you're just cranking through work his was daft punk live 2007 well dalton you're gonna have to rearrange what you listen to because that shit is unlistenable at best but uh (laughs) just trying to help dalton in his quest for um a a good life um first of all Dalton, you gotta listen to something that's listenable let me let me help you with a couple things i don't know i mean listen dalton probably has youth on his side and that's what is gets him pumped up. If I've got to get through something, it just depends on the. It really it depends on the, the time of day it is. I can't listen to some you know da 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 horse shit when it's midnight because I'm I'm starting to like slow down. So what do I get after midnight? Well, it's something chill. It might be a band called Low, like slow core kinds of stuff. The Red House Painter, something to calm me down. It, um, but during the day, if it's something to really pump me up. See, the problem with the music that really pump, I always have a record playing, but the shit that pumps really pumps me up, I'll get out of my seat and start doing like recycling. Mm-hmm. I'll get out of my seat and I'll start cleaning shit around me. I'll get out of my seat and I'll, I won't be working. So I don't know. I, I will say this much. Um, I always have a record playing. You can go to draplin.com and just scroll down. You'll see lists and loads of records. I buy a lot of records. and I, I just turned around and the last record that I have sitting on my turntable is this weirdo guy named Robbie Basho, which was kind of weird folk, 
acoustic stuff from the 70s or something and you know some weird reissue and you know just past that is the um i don't know what's in there i don't know a spiritualized record you know there's a couple melvins in there i can see from you know a couple mc5s so that's all heavy kind of stuff i don't know i think the better answer is i'm sorry for being a dick there dalton but um it's just having um making time to get up and turn the record over because it's easy to get into the iTunes kind of mode where you're just, you know, um, I, I have my, all my records here and I, I, I make time to get out of my seat now and then find something to pump me up. Does that make sense? Definitely. Versus just sitting on my ass clicking MP3s all day because I'll do that. And it's always, it's hard to answer what that is. A go-to record. Let me, let me just throw one out there. Hit to death in the future head. By the goddamn fucking flaming lips. There you go. There you go. You name dropped one. All right. The last one I have for you is from Johnny Vignola, uh, visual designer at Crocs and freelance under JV Creative. What is the biggest failure of your career so far and what did you learn from it? Biggest failure of my career? Um, fucking up my taxes. Um, <laughs> what I learned from it? I got I got a big ding. You know, I had to pay a big whatever. I got to pay a big fee uh, error. You know, I had to pay a big fee. You know, whatever. I got, you know, um, what it was was it's a two hour story. So just buckle up, you guys. Well, give me the sixty second version. Yeah, here's the deal. I was on the road. A letter came every year. The letter came, and then the letter would say stuff like this: "Aaron, I know you're late. We got your thing, your extension filed." Talk to me in September. I don't like doing it this way, but hey, this is how you do it, and you're late. And this was probably 2009 or 10 or something. But we'll hit, we'll talk after your busy summer, and we'll get this done. We'll have it in by October 15th. I get back from whatever I was doing that spring. There's a pile of mail. I'm on the road, and there's my letter. And I'm thinking, oh, there's my letter from my accountant. He tells me to put another extension. I opened the letter in September, and it says, Aaron, I'm retiring. You're going to need to find someone else to help you with this stuff. And, you know, you have to find someone who deals with how sweaty you are and how you do it in October every year. But there is no extension filed. And that year I had what they call a failure to file. Look it up. And I was dinged. And I had a really big year that year of 2010. And in the end, I had to pay $20,000 because of how I fucked up. And that could have bought a car. That that's been down payments on a house. It could have helped my mom and dad a lot of ways. It could have been just money in the bank. And that year, I screwed up, had a big penalty, and did the deal. And I learned a big goddamn lesson: you don't dink around with that stuff. Because you know, it's not necessarily you know, pull, you know, um, being in the red or whatever. I can't sleep at night unless I have my my ducks in a row. And my ducks in a row at that point were doing it, you know, in October and then getting it sent off and then feeling okay. Well. I'm just proud to say 2019, my shit was handed in in February of this year when it was supposed to be April 15th. I don't know what it's like in Canada or you know how you guys do it up there. Um, but April 15th, we have to hand it in, and my shit is tight now, you know, and it's it's been a learning process. So that was a hard one to learn. It's not anything creative. It's not anything, you know, what it is, it's the trappings of being a little bit successful and not knowing what to do. And then I got but I learned, and I, I, I made my mistake. I paid. I fessed up. Lesson sure learned. Should they use that money to drop a couple bombs on a couple of developing countries? These pieces of shit. But um, I don't know. Now I'm pretty good about my that all that stuff. So you know, educate yourself. Get someone to be an advocate to help you, and then you know you know do right by it. Yeah. Awesome. So as part of Ask It Forward, Aaron, you get to ask my next guest a question. I'm not going to tell them tell you who it is. 
but you can ask them anything. Okay. Um, well, I don't know. Let's see here. Let me ask to, to the next guest listening to this creepy question. Um, what's been something that, you know, be it media or a little quip or a little quote or a little meme or a little something that you heard that has just messed with you to the core and made you look at things a little bit differently in your life? I don't, I'm not talking about design. I'm talking about anything. Because, I mean, I have a couple answers. In my middle age here, I'm 45 years old, there's been a couple things that have freaked me out. And from here forward, I'm thinking about shit differently. What's something like that for you? Beautiful. Cool. Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show today, man. We've reached the end of the quickie-ish podcast. <laughs> Extended version. Hey, I got to go because I got a guy. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode 100, both part one and part two. Thank you, Aaron Draplin, for spending some of your busy schedule and your time with us here and sharing some of your stories. It was awesome to hear. Ladies and gentlemen, please head over to iTunes also and leave a rating and a review for the show. I really like reading those. They make me feel warm. They make me smile. So thank you for doing that. Um, And as always, I'll be back tomorrow. See you then.